Hello, everybody, and welcome to the X Factor with the Crypto Hipster. This is the Crypto Hipster, Jamil Hassan, where I bring you each and every week crypto news, insights, analysis, and commentary from all around the world of crypto and blockchain globally. And today, I have an amazing episode. This is episode number 52. This represents the one year anniversary of me bringing you the X Factor each and every week. And I want to acknowledge the people who made this possible. Thank you for my listeners. Thank you for everybody who's making this happen. And even the, even the one guy back in the day, before I had the X Factor, told me that I didn't have an X Factor. There's nothing special about me, and I didn't have an X Factor. So that prompted me to create the X Factor, which I brought to you each and every Friday, now for every week, for a year. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for being part of this news journey. And let me know your thoughts on the show on the first year. We're in season three. This is episode 12, which is number 52 total. But let me know your thoughts and where I can improve or what you like, what you don't like, you know, and we'll keep on moving the train forward each and every week. And this week we have some interesting stuff to talk about. It's not going to be the longest episode. There's not really too, too much, you know, but there's some stuff. And like this morning, the SEC has punted, punted. I don't know how well Gary Gensler punts. Maybe he can punt from the one-yard line to the three-yard line um, or the 30-yard line to the 32-and-a-half-yard line. But he punted. They punted on ARC-21 shares spot Bitcoin ETF. And they've opened a proposal to comments. ARC Invest Management, founder and CEO Kathy Wood. Right, predicted the SEC would delay its decision on the firm's Bitcoin spot ETF. The U.S. Exchange Securities and Exchange Commission has delayed on that that the decision on improving or disapproving the spot Bitcoin ETF um, proposed by Kathy Wood's company. In a notice this morning, the SEC opened a 21-day comment period for the ARC 21 shares. Bitcoin ETF to the public following publication in the Federal Register. The latest delay for the regulator determining whether to approve or disapprove of a spot crypto ETF in the U.S. ARC originally filed to list the ETF in May, giving the SEC a maximum of 240 days until January of 2024 to reach a final decision. But they're very prompt. The SEC. Well, they're, they're prompt against crypto, but they're not so prompt on like things like regulating the board of directors appointments and all the fraud that goes on in the proxy statements. They don't do that. No, 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 no. The benefactors would hate that. Um, but, you know, they've, they've reached, you know, their determination uh, for a listing on the CBOE BZX exchange, ARC Investment Management's AIM uh, must provide evidence of a comprehensive surveillance sharing agreement in place with a reg- regulated market of significant size. The SEC has previously rejected the firm's cor- crypto ETF proposals, claiming they would not be designed to prevent fraudulent 
and manipulative acts and practices or protect investors. There you go. You want to protect investors again. Now, you don't get to cherry pick, though. The regulated market of significant size test does not require that the spot Bitcoin market be regulated in order for the commission to approve this proposal. And the precedent makes clear that an underlying market for a spot commodity or currency being a regulated market would actually be an exception to the norm. The SEC said doesn't matter what the SEC said because they're corrupt anyway. But hey, they're saying, they're speaking, they're making a determination. And I predicted this a few weeks ago. I said, and you can follow up with me and let me know when I'm wrong, that the companies that are going to be approved for a spot Bitcoin ETF are BlackRock, Vanguard, and Fidelity, and no one else. Because, you know, kickbacks. Kickbacks in U.S. politics are a thing. Backdoor deals in U.S. politics are a thing. They just happen. You know, they happen, handshakes behind closed doors. It's it's, it's nothing that happens here. Not, there it is. Oh, (laughs) that ain't going to happen. Come on. But hey, let me know your thoughts um, on this occurrence of life. All right. So let's go to the next thing, because the first one just sickens my stomach. Digital currency group. Now, this one's funny. I, in order to get over illness, get over the, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Dichotomy, duality, uh, opposing, vo- what, what's that word? I, I, I forget. Anyway, an illness that comes from that can only be dealt with with humor. And so let's go to humor because humor is important. Digital Currency Group has filed a motion to dismiss the Gemini lawsuit claiming, not not claiming fraud, not claiming any wrongdoing or lack thereof, claiming it's a PR campaign by Gemini. It's a PR campaign. That is silly. Okay, let me just go here. Okay, because it is crazy. It's silly. It's like making me laugh. Can't you hear I'm laughing? Okay. Gemini's complaint filed in July uh, alleged DCG and Barry Silbert had made false, misleading, and incomplete representations and omissions related to Genesis and the EARN program. Well, so did Mashinsky and Celsius. We're going to talk about that next. Let's talk about this one. Venture capital firm Digital Currency Group has filed a motion to dismiss the lawsuit brought on by Gemini related to its EARN program. In August 10, filing with the U.S. District Court for the Southern District of New York, lawyers for DCG and its CEO, Barry Silbert, alleged Gemini's lawsuit filed in July was a continuation of a public relations campaign. You got to find it. You got to find something. You got to find some. Uh, if it does, if, if, the, if the glove doesn't fit, you must have quit. You got to find some kind of catchy thing. Targeting the firm on social media with personal, vicious and false claims. The filing echoed Gemini's complaint, which is the crypto exchange that sought to recover funds incurred as a result of DCG and Phil Silbert's false, misleading, and incomplete representations and omissions to Gemini and their role in encouraging and facilitating Genesis fraud against Gemini. Genesis, a DCC, DCG subsidiary, had been the crypto lender responsible for operating an earn program 
launched in 2021 in partnership with Gemini. The program claimed Gemini users could loan crypto to Genesis. I bet the twins aren't going to do that anymore. With the promise of the firm would repay it with interest. Nah, didn't happen. However, the firm halted withdrawals in November 2022, citing unprecedented market turmoil and filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy in January 2023. See, facts are not PR campaigns. Facts, you took the money and declared bankruptcy and didn't give it back a fact. Fact, that's a fact. And the excuse is, oh, it's a PR campaign. Criminals like to place blame elsewhere. I'm not calling you criminal. I'm saying that in general, crims don't, criminals don't take accountability for their actions. They want to place blame elsewhere. You know, it reminds me of that Tony Danza show, Who's the Boss? And they're watching that kid who didn't listen. Instead of saying, don't broom, don't sweep. Broom elsewhere. So, broom elsewhere. You know, let me know your thoughts about this con- this uh, situation. And, uh, you know, but as I promised you, I'm going to talk about, I'm going to talk about Celsius next because they had an earned program too. And you're surely lost money in that earned program. And watching this whole bankruptcy crap is just sickening, you know. But this is your daily reminder that I will never... Um, Pledge any money to Simon Dixon, not even a penny, not ever. And I had to say that because I'm saying that on social media all week because this guy wants you to pledge over your money to him, your money that you worked for and set and saved and then put in Celsius all your life with nothing to do with it, wants you to pledge that money to him. What kind of criminal does that? Oh, it's a pledge, though. It's not a criminal. Yeah, whatever. Alex Mashinsky faces electronic monitoring while on bail. Okay. Judge signs off in protective order. A federal judge has approved a joint request from lawyers for Alex Mashinsky and the U.S. Department of Justice modifying the former Celsius CEO bail. Conditions to include electronic monitoring. In August 8 filing, the U.S. District Court for the Southern District of New York, Judge Gabriel Gorenstein signed off on a modification to Mashinsky's $40 million bond insured by his brokerage account at First Republic Bank and his New York home. Prosecutors and defense lawyers jointly signed a request to have Mashinsky under electronic monitoring and be restricted from withdrawing, transferring, or receiving more than $10,000 without a prior approval from the court. The bail modification would remove the need to use Mashinsky's First Republic account to insure the bond. Following a motion from prosecutors with the consent of Mashinsky's legal team, uh, Judge John Kotal, ordered on August 9 that most of the trial materials were not publicly available, could not be disclosed by any involved party, specifically mentioning social media posts on Facebook or Twitter. X, now X, it's called X now. It's an X, Elon Musk company, X. The order includes concerns by information being released that could lead to witnesses being intimidated. Uh, Mashinsky has, uh, faces charges of security fraud, um, following his arrest on July 13th for uh, wire fraud and misleading and defrauding users. Yup. And he pleaded not guilty and was largely not allowed to travel. And, you know, electronic monitoring. How about that stuff they put on your ankle? We can't leave anywhere. Can put some stuff on the ankle. You know, that might be good. But uh, that'll come later, I guess. But let me know. uh, Let me know your thoughts. Should he uh, be able to? And he also 
some uh, disclose the name of a lot of people this week and the addresses. I, I, I don't know why you do that, you know, um, why you would do that. That's not smart. That's kind of, you know, acknowledging guilt. I, I don't know. But hey, let me know your thoughts on the whole Celsius situation and what's what's his future, Ashinsky's future. And um, would you rather him give it back all the money or would you rather him go to prison? And if he goes to prison, are you going to visit him there? I might. Let's see. Anyway, um, let's move on to Canada because some wacky things are happening in Canada. Like, it's, it's there's two seasons of Canada, right? There's winter and there's construction. And right now in Canada, it's construction season. Canada is to develop Canada, 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 Canada. It's to develop repository for storing crypto and NFT seizures. The Royal Canadian Mounted Police is seeking a digital asset solution to facilitate the seizure and storage of crypto and NFTs. Um, Yes, according to an announcement, a tender was opened for applications yesterday for a solution to store seized digital assets. The development of a centralized repository solution would allow police officers to seize these assets in a user-friendly manner while also offering significant security to prevent the theft of said assets during their storage. The RCMP, the Mounties. There was a WWE wrestler years ago named the Mountie. He had a red outfit in uniform. He was a good wrestler, by the way. Uh, But the RCMP demands 17 requirements from the future repository. Among them is the ability to process transactions for the top 20 crypto blockchains by a market cap and the scalability to support new blockchains in the future. The RCMP also intends to grant access to its data to users who need it. As for NFTs, the RCMP has deemed necessary, well, you just call them the Mountie, the Mountie people. The Mountie people have deemed necessary to enable the holding of Ethereum, Solana, and Polygon-based NFTs. How's that going to go? Let me know your thoughts. Are you a fan of Mounties? Um, do they have one only one road in Canada, like on South Park? I don't know. Just follow the only road. It's construction season, so I'm sure they got more than one road right now. All right, so Canadian police reported using chain analysis reactor to trace crypto crimes. Okay, the Canadian law enforcement has started using specialized software to trace crypto while investigating cybercrime. Police now have the ability to trace blockchain transactions, identify suspects, and determine where funds have been deposited. As revealed by local police to the Left Bridge Herald newspaper, the police forces are already enjoying access to chain analysis reactor software. The program helps to trace cryptocurrency from point of origin until it's been deposited on an exchange. Once the trace identifies the platform, Police can request the account holder's information and transaction data to see where the cryptocurrency was sent beyond the exchanges. One of the officers trained as a blockchain analysis investigator emphasized the importance of the software. Let's test it out. I think this thing should be tested out. I think a two great places that this can be tested out. First is Pond and who the actual 10 millionaires there were there before anybody else had a chance to buy in and everybody else lost their money and got rugged. That's one, right? And then the other one is bald. 
Not that I have now shaved my head and I'm bald, but there's a there was a developer out there who created this token called Bald and then rubbed everybody. Why don't you find out who they are? Use this chain analysis software to see who got the inside information. That's a great use for this chain analysis stuff. Let me know your thoughts. What's a better use than to really track down who the insider people were who got there before on unregistered securities? But they're not unregistered securities because XRP is not an unregistered security. So why would anything be an unregistered security, right? Because the ineptitude in the bureaucratic establishment in the U.S., well, we're not going to go there. Let me know your thoughts on how that is. South America, Argentina, Argentine agency opens investigation into WorldCoin over biometric data. The agency for the access to public information in Argentina was the latest government body to investigate world, WorldCoin. Everybody's investigating WorldCoin. Okay, why? Because the people who want access to data from your eyeballs, some of them are 3AC and SBF. They're the investors. And they're kind of like not the most legal people. They're kind of like the most not like, so why would you want to give your eyeball data to known criminals? Maybe, I don't know. It's innocent until proven guilty and no one's been proven guilty yet, even though everything's on chain. I don't know. Authorities in Argentina have become the latest government officials to probe cryptocurrency project WorldCoin over privacy concerns. In an August 8 announcement, Argentine's Agency for Access to the Public Information said it was investigating WorldCoin over its collection, storage, and use of customer data to ensure it complies with security and privacy regulations. WorldCoin down to a buck seventy, it was two forty the day, two fifty the day it launched. But now it's hour seventy. Probably headed down from there. Launched its token project in July with the goal of verifying users through retinal scans, leading to concerns from many regarding privacy. Many countries, many people, many non-criminal actors. I don't know a whole bunch of people. Right, citizens have the right wherever possible when personal data isn't provided to have clear and accessible information in relation to their assignment, use and purpose for which data is collected and processed. There's not a lot of transparency here, which goes against crypto blockchain, especially with regard to sensitive data, such as biometric data, said the AAIP. Why is Argentina's authorities right? Why are they right? Why are they concerned? Why are you concerned? And why are you? And if you're not concerned, why aren't you concerned? You should probably should be. Let's go to Brazil. Okay, it's a little further east. Brazilian CBDC gets official name and logo. It looks pretty cool. Let's go. The Brazilian Central Bank, digital currency previously commonly referred to as the Digital Real, has been given its official brand name called the Drex. The Drex. Makes you want to Drex. Makes you want to take a dance. August 7th, Central Bank of Brazil issued a press release revealing and explaining the new brand for its CBDC. Developed by the Central Bank, the brand DREX is an acronym. D uh, and R allude to Real Digital. E stands for electronic. And X conveys the idea of modernity and connection and the use of distributed ledger technology. 
Along with the brand name, the central bank revealed Drex's visual identity on the CBDC logo to arrows, including the capital D, picture of the evolution of the national fiat currency, the real, to its digital version, while the transition from blue to light green color stands for the transaction completed message. All right. Let me know your thoughts. How that, how's that going to go? And how is Brazil going to fare in the digital real? Digital real. It's, it is real, but it's a real real. And it's digital. Yay. Uh, yay. France. Going to Europe. France updates its crypto licensing regime to synchronize with MICA. Not Michael. MICA. In France, amendments to the existing crypto regime will come into effect next year to align national regulations with a pan-European framework set by markets in crypto assets, Micah. The Autorité des Marchés Financiers, AMF, France's principal financial authority, announced the provisions of its general regulation and its policy on digital asset service providers to take due to enhanced registration. The enhanced registration requirements for crypto platforms captured by a new article 721-1-2 of the AMF general regulation will include systems for managing conflicts of interests, additional disclosure obligations, segregation of client assets and platform assets, and prohibition to use client assets without their express prior consent. How's that going to go? It's good to see France has joined the fray. And uh, let me know your thoughts uh, today or next week or whenever you want to tell me. Um, so we're going to go to England. All right. Uh, Bank of England will get more power in regulating stable coins. Okay. The United Kingdom government could rebalance the power between the Bank of England and the country's principal financial regulator, the Financial Conduit Conduct Authority, in the former in the former's favor, according to a forty-page consultation response published by His Majesty's Treasury on August seven, with Monday. The British government launched the consultation under the headline Payments, Regulation, and the Systemic Perimeter in 2022 to get market proposals on reforming the BOA payments perimeter, given the evolution of financial stability risks. The final paper set out some measures for regulating so-called systematically important stablecoins. The main takeaway is the government's intention to secure the co-supervision over stablecoins as a joint venture of both the BOE and the FCA. Okay, if you're living in England, if you live and and a good chunk of my audience is in England, let me know your thoughts on all this stuff that's going on over here. Um, because I'm going to go to Asia right now. We're moving right along. We're headed on down to Hong Kong. Hong Kong Securities Regulator issues in principle approval for the HKVAX. Hong Kong Securities and Futures Commission has issued and in principle approval to Hong Kong Virtual Asset Exchange to operate a virtual asset trading platform under the region's securities laws. Uh, yes, this morning, the HKVAX announced that it had received an, received an approval in principle from the SFC to carry out type one and type seven regulated activities. The announcement highlighted that a type one license allows the platform to operate a digital asset trading platform that deals with securities while seven, type seven, officially allows the company to provide an automated, an automated trading services to retail users and invest to, uh, institutional investors. Um, according to the announcement, 
HKVAX is aiming to offer a product category called security token offerings to leverage Web3 investment opportunities. Security token offerings. That came after ICOs. That didn't work. Hong going to bring it back. It's kind of like, I reminisce, I reminisce. That song, remember from the 80s, from the 90s? I reminisce, they reminisce over you. You're reminiscing over STOs. Let's go reminisce. It failed then. Will it fail now? We don't know yet. But let's just sit there and watch what happens. Hong Kong. We're staying in Hong Kong right now. Hong Kong securities regulator warns of criminal activity by unlicensed exchanges. All right. Let's see this. Okay. Under the Securities and Futures Commission's licensing regime, which started June 1, Crypto firms offering service or operating in Hong Kong must re- must comply with the new requirements. The securities and fe- this is all written. This is a Twitter in in Chinese, and I can't read it. Holy cow! All right, let's see. Let's see. Let's make that out. Make this out. The Securities and Futures Commission of Hong Kong issued a notice about unlicensed virtual trading asset platforms engaging in improper practices, warning of potential criminal charges. In August 7 notice, the SFC said certain trading firms had falsely claimed to have submitted applications for licenses in Hong Kong. The securities regulator said, should the companies actually apply to operate legally in the special administrative region, it would consider any false statements as well as possible criminal charges. But let me see but the translation here. Um, see translation. Oh, wow. You see translation and a picture pops up and it's a picture of Bitcoin. I guess you like Bitcoin in Hong Kong because I can't understand what this is. Um, but according to the SFC, some unlicensed crypto trading platforms in Hong Kong set up new entities claiming to have submitted applications to the securities regulator. However, the services and products offered by some of these new entities may not be in compliance with the legal and regulatory requirements under SFC's rules. Okay, and um, yeah, so let me know your thoughts. How's that going to go in Hong Kong? All right, so we move on. Let's move on to Taiwan, right? Binance has applied for a Taiwan AML compliance, according to a report. Binance, the world's leading crypto exchange by trading volume, has reportedly applied to be registered in Taiwan under Money Laundering Control Act and Financial Supervisory Commission. The FSC reported reportedly informs dozens of domestic crypto service providers that Binance is applying for anti-money laundering compliance, according to a report. Oh, yeah. The report cited Chen Pyong, the co-founder of Taiwan-based crypto exchange BitShine, as a source of information who revealed that FSC named Binance as one of the exchange prospects planning to enter the Taiwanese crypto market. Binance has not yet responded to any questions regarding this, but Taiwan's in play. Let me know your thoughts about Taiwan and being in play. And that's a short article and we're gonna move on because we're gonna run out of time soon because it's summer. No, it's not. It is, but it's not. That's not the reason. The reason is that India, India is planning to use crypto tokens in upcoming native web browser. And there's a lot of billions of people there, and we need to be able to uh, talk about that. Indian citizens might soon have the option to sign documents digitally through crypto tokens. The feature is envisaged, whatever that word means, as part of a project to develop a national web browser spearheaded by the Ministry of Electronics and Information Technology, 
On August 9, the ministry announced the launch of the Indian Web Browser Development Challenge, which hopes to inspire and empower developers from all corners of the country to create an indigenous web browser with an inbuilt controller of certifying authorities, CCA India Root Certificate. According to the release, the proposed browser would also focus on accessibility and user friendliness, ensuring built-in support for individuals with diverse, diverse abilities. I used to have diverse abilities, then I worked at AIG. Now I'm doing podcasts. But I'm good at it, and I like it, and it takes skill. So not all is lost. Um, the announcement includes the ability to digitally sign documents using a crypto token, which would be embedded into the browser. All right, so there we go. Let me know your thoughts on that. And we have just two more rock and rolling things to talk about. First, South Korea. South Korea arrests BitSonic CEO for allegedly stealing $7.5 million of users' money. That sounds so familiar. Where did I hear about people having their money stolen before? Oh, yeah. Uh, Genesis and Gemini. We talked about that. Oh, yeah, we talked about Celsius, too. Let's talk about South Korea. The others are in the U.S. According to South Korean news outlet Chosen Biz, Jinwook Shin, the CEO of crypto exchange Bitsonic, who was under investigation for stealing investments and deposits from exchange users, was arrested by South Korean police on August 7. The vice president of Bitsonic will also be put on trial without preliminary detention. According to prosecutors from January 2020, 2019 to May 2021, Shin allegedly falsely manipulated the prices and trading volume of cryptocurrency on Bitsonic, stealing the equivalent of 10 billion won, $7.5 million from exchange users. Even after liquidity issues began, Bitsonic stopped its withdrawals. Its CEO continued offering crypto to new clients. And that's what happened there. And let me know your thoughts on that. And uh, is the arrest a good idea? And should people steal? No, people should never steal. And they shouldn't lie. And they shouldn't call it a PR stunt, but they do. All right, but they do. Let's go to Africa. Our last article is in Africa. Binance faces calls for ban by Nigerian Bureau de Change Association. Okay, um, let's see. Let's see. Binance continues to experience an increase in regulatory heat as the federal government of Nigeria is being urged by that association of operators to prohibit the activities of Binance within the nation. ABCON is a self-regulatory body and an umbrella for all the central bank relations Bureau of Exchange. Bureau de Exchange. This action comes in response to the association reportedly recognizing Binance as a significant contributor to the pressure on the Naira. As reported by Naira Metrics, uh, an agency there, Al Haji Imanu Guadapi, president of ABCON, provided his counsel in an interview this week. Wadabe reportedly emphasized that Binance trading has increasingly established itself as a central point for both the investor and exporters' windows, as well as the parallel market, highlighting that the platform records remarkable liquidity with 1.2 million transactions occurring every second. He remarked that this stands as a competitive challenge, of which the solution lies in prohibiting Binance. And the sole strategy to achieve this is by bolstering liquidity. Whatever that meant, they don't like finance. They're not alone in the world as people who don't like finance, um, but they don't like them. Do you like finance? Let me know your thoughts. And that was the 
you know, news roundup from this week. And we 52 of the crypto hipster uh, X Factor. And, uh, you know, I got to work on my stuttering and stammering because I don't usually have that when I talk, except when I'm on this show. But I make corrections so that you can enjoy my, uh, my you know, enthusiasm. So I want to thank you for tuning in. I'll see you next week. Have a wonderful week.